Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Good Lion Podcast. I am your host, Brian Higgins. And I am Aaron Salvato. And we are putting out another episode of the Mailbag Series, where we take your questions that came to us not by paper, not by mail, not in (laughs) envelopes, but we call them a mailbag. There's a gopher that pops up right in a hole in Brian's living room that delivers them. But the gopher is holding a tablet. Yes. And has an iPad that just shows me what the questions are. He's a high-tech gopher. We're really happy with Theodore. (laughs) In this episode, we are talking about... This is kind of a broader question, so I'm just going to read the question, and then we can just start reacting yeah, to it. Yeah, don't reveal Rather the topic than, before you read the question. You almost gave away the spoilers. I did. Don't do that. I know. Spoiler alert. Here comes the question. This was sent in by somebody on Instagram. So this episode's question is, how do you guys personally balance following Jesus wholeheartedly and just the pressures of life, like providing income, dealing with unexpected trials, and just generally surviving, which I love that phrasing. <laughs> and then they left us this little note, which I agree with so deeply. Adulting is hard. I hate adulting. Can I just, before we dive into this, can I just ask the question, do you remember a time period where your parents just took care of you? Like you didn't have to worry about food or where you were going to sleep or what you were going to do, or it was just like everything. Like I, I distinctly remember this feeling of like, My favorite times in life of feeling the most secure were when my parents were driving and I was sitting in the back seat and I was either playing my Game Boy, reading a comic book or sleeping. And just this idea of like, they're in control. I don't have to worry about anything. This is great. It is fun being, I mean, I'm not fully on the other side of this in the sense that I don't have kids or anything like that, but being on the adult side of it now and seeing how flimsy that (laughs) Yeah. veil was yeah. of everything is fine and right. you know having been the dad figure yeah. doing the As long drive home yeah. and everybody's asleep in the car and you are just fighting so hard thinking <laughs> if I fall asleep I'm going to kill five people everyone will die this is not okay and and just being able to see the other side of it it it, it actually makes me more excited and yeah. more fond about those memories of being asleep as we were just taking a long drive home. Yeah, and just not having to do taxes. Remember a time before taxes. Remember when summer vacation actually felt awesome and you didn't, you didn't have to work during summer vacation. Well, I don't do taxes now. So. Oh, well, great. It makes just, adulting a lot easier. Can you just, I just got to make a quick phone call. Is I highly the, recommend uh, you stop doing taxes. Okay, all right. So there are clearly lots of things that make adult life different than... Um, previous life? Why did I not know the word for childhood? (laughs) In my previous life before I reincarnated as an adult man. Exactly. (laughs) Don't you, everyone, you you die at the age of of 13 and then you reincarnate as a man. Um, That is not what we teach. I think it was Leslie Nope who said, every time people get married, two single people die. (laughs) Is that a thing? I don't don't think it's a thing, but every time somebody turns 18 a child dies and an adult is born uh i mean technically more. technically every second someone dies so 
Wow. Really, you could make any analogy and say anytime, you know, anytime someone eats a bagel, someone dies. It's true. <laughs> Statistically, it's true. But not the same person. This trade. Sometimes the same person. <laughs> it depends on what toppings are on the bagel and what allergies the person eating <laughs> the bagel has. Um, let's get the train back, though. Um, this is my first thought on this that is a serious thought. Um, I think you and I can both speak into this a little bit based on our personal experiences. Um, Brian and I both have worked in the ministry for most of our adult lives, and we can say that following Jesus for us has meant, uh, is, are there going to be a lot of noises? Okay. There's two different channels. Okay. Um, for us, following Jesus has meant taking steps of faith in directions of life of following Jesus, where a lot of times we're, we've been led into situations that haven't necessarily paid the best, um, situations where money has been a struggle. And, um, man, I've just seen Jesus take care of us so many times. Um, and it hasn't always been easy. I'll just give, you know, a, a prime example of, uh, for us. Um, I remember, um, right when I took the job as the youth pastor at my church, um, I also, went to my church and said, Hey, I know you're hiring me as a youth pastor, but there's another guy who also, uh, is around and he was a youth pastor previously. What if we hired him too? And we could both do the job together, which at, at, at my, you know, young, naive, 21 year old age thought was a great idea. And it was a great idea because he was a great guy, but they hired him. And what I didn't know was they split the salary of the previous guy and then split it between the two of us. So neither one of us was really making enough to survive. And, um, I was like, God, what do I do? How, like, how is this going to work? I want to serve these kids. I want to be a junior high pastor, but I literally have no skills and I didn't go to college. How am I going to survive? And, um, just lots of prayer. But then very soon after another pastor approached me and was like, Hey, would you work for my church as well and do graphics and run my website? And what he offered to pay me, you know, it wasn't a ton, but it, it was basically what I was missing from that divided paycheck. And so I've just seen God do that in my life so many times where when I've obeyed him and stepped out in faith and done the things that he's asked me to do, even though it's terrifying and it doesn't make sense financially on paper, um, he's always provided and I can't explain it, but I can definitely tell you that, uh, that's been the case for me. I don't know. What do you think? I completely agree. And one of the things that I care a lot about in teaching is breaking down the sacred and secular divide that we have. Yeah. Sometimes we think that Jesus really cares about your ministry life and your church attendance and your Bible reading and all those different things. And Jesus does not care about when you clean your house and your budget and your non-Christian job, for lack of a better term, like we <laughs> your secular job. Yeah, like we we think that there are these things that are spiritual and hence God cares about them. And then there are things that are unspiritual and hence God does not care about them. And we that's how I thought for a long time. That's how I thought for a long time, too. And like I idolized my youth pastor growing up and I thought if I want to be a real Christian, I need to do pastoral ministry. Yeah. That's the way yeah. to work a, a Jesus loving job. And anyone who, and this is just, you know, this is me as a middle school kid thinking this, but my idea was like, you know, well, I, I remember there was a guy, um, one of the best youth ministry volunteers of all time, Brian Barrett, um, at my church. 
he just was always involved in youth ministry, middle school ministry, high school ministry, college ministry. He did everything. And everybody kind of thought he was going to stay on staff forever and become a youth pastor. Um, He was always kind of the assistant guy. And then I remember um, him stepping out of that and going to work for Geico as a salesman. And as a young Christian, I was like, oh, that's so sad. He had so much potential for ministry. Like, what is he doing with his life now? And I just think that's so immature now looking back on it because you can literally serve Jesus in any job, whether you're a janitor or a senior pastor or a salesman or whatever. So when it comes to this whole question of balancing adult life versus the Jesus following life, it almost becomes an unhelpful question if it creates a deep divide between there are things in my life that I know that God cares about. And then there are things in my life that I know he doesn't care about because I don't know if those places really exist. Right. Totally. I think it's, to me, it's a matter of calling. Like what are you called to do specifically? And as long as you're answering that call, then you're in God's will in my mind. So if God is calling you to be a Geico salesman and also be a killer husband and a killer dad, then doing those things is a part of your calling. And if you're, you know, let's say you're not, you know, serving in pastoral ministry or church ministry, but then God wants you to lead a home group at your church or lead a Bible study at your work, or maybe he doesn't call you to do any of those things. And it's just a matter of he wants you to be at your office, a radical representation of what a Christian is and someone who's kind and loving and points to Christ. Um, It's about fulfilling your specific calling in the world. If you're somebody who, you know, you're just living your life and you just could not care less about what God wants you to do or who God wants you to be. um, To me, that's when you're not really balancing your faith with your life and your life takes over the position that your faith has. But to me, faith, the word faith, it means trust. And if you look at all the biblical stories, it's always about following God to a place that he doesn't make clear often. You know, Abraham, God shows up and says, Go, come with me to a new land. And Abraham's like, what land? And God's like, you'll see, you know, so uh, and, and you and I have both been through situations like that. Yeah. And I think that's where it's so instructive that so many of the spiritual problems we see characters in the Bible having are really just problems in their adult life. Yeah. Like for Abraham, his whole struggle is how am I going to have a child? Yeah. Like that's just an adult problem. Like we never really think of Abraham as struggling with infertility, but he did. And that, that feels when it happens in 2019, that feels like just an adult problem. It doesn't feel like a spiritual or biblical problem. And thinking about, um, you know, so many situations with Israeli Kings throughout scripture, Mm. the problem that they were up against is that they had a political enemy. Yeah. They had another nation ready to make war against them. Yeah. And if someone like if if we turned on the news today and heard a report that some other nation was preparing for war against the United States, mm-hmm. we would not be quick to think of that as a spiritual problem. No. And yet it's presented again and again in scripture as when these kinds of things happen, they are first spiritual. Like to me, when it comes to breaking down the sacred secular divide, it's not that we need to start looking at, uh, it's not that we need to 
elevate the role of the secular or right. de-elevate the role of the sacred. It's right. that we need to realize that both of these things are pretty much the same. Okay. But can I push back on that? Sure. So here's my question with that. Um, I feel like what you're saying could be interpreted by some to be like, so anytime anything goes wrong, you get a flat tire. That was Satan. <laughs> it's a spiritual problem because he saw your potential for the kingdom and you were driving to church and then you got a flat. I don't know. Like, I feel like sometimes yeah. people take so, it that way. And, and take that's it to that definitely, that's definitely not what I'm thinking. Where here. Satan's behind every bush, you know, trying to yeah. cause problems. Yeah, that's I'm not the kind of person where. Um, I stub my toe and I think spiritual warfare, like <laughs> you devil, <laughs> like that's not where I go with it, but, right. but rather I think instead of looking at life through the lens of God only cares about my Bible reading, God only cares about yeah. my that's time how I prayer, growing up. Yeah. He, just, he cares yeah. about your job and. So almost like he, almost like, um, the way I thought of God was like, you know how, like you have, like, I have a math teacher. He cares about me doing my math mm -hmm. homework. I have a history teacher. He cares about me doing history. I have a boss. He gives me these tasks. It was like with God, I was like, the thing he cares about is that I go to church mm -hmm. and that I read my Bible and I pray. And so that's what I focus on with God. And it doesn't really bleed into the other areas. It took, I can't tell you like when the light switch turned on for me, but mm -hmm. it, at some point I, it clicked and I was like, oh my gosh, everything is spiritual. And that like, think like, about what the original design of humanity was. The mm. original design was God made some people. Yeah. He put them in a garden. Right. And he said, make this garden cool. Yeah. Work. Work. Here is your job. Here, Yeah. He yeah. literally becomes the Cultivate. boss of humanity. Go and multiply and expand the world and cultivate this garden and just make the world awesome. It was a team effort between God and man. You know, God is king and Adam and Eve is, in, uh, <coughs> I can't talk, <clears throat> Adam and Eve is kind of the first, you know, prince and princess, I guess you would say. Exactly. It's this family effort of them going out and changing the world. And thinking that that's what God wanted out of the original before sin world. Yeah. It's very instructive to me that none of the things that they were asked to do fit in my normal spiritual bucket. Right. Yes, totally. Did you read uh, John Mark Comer's book, uh, Garden City? I loved John Mark Comer's book, Garden that City. That was really good for me as far as peeling back this paradigm of the sacred-secular divide in work. Mm -hmm. And for me, like, as somebody who loves ministry, I used to think of it this way. Like, um, I used to think, you know, like, if you really want to serve the Lord, you got to become in full-time ministry. Now I realize everybody's in ministry, whether you're a plumber or whether you're a pastor. Every Christian is called to love people, to preach the gospel, to reach out um, to the Lord, or not to the Lord, to reach out to others in the name of the Lord. And um, all work is for the Lord. It's not for your boss. It's not for a paycheck. So if you're a plumber, th this is the paradigm I, I picked up on in uh, John's book, uh, Garden City. Um, it's this idea that all work can be reflecting of God's nature. Mm -hmm. um, so like if you are a doctor, you are a healer. You help people who are sick and you heal them. And that reflects God's nature. He's the ultimate healer. Um, if you are a bricklayer, you know, if your job is to be out there doing construction, 
God is a builder. Like God is always constructing and building in people's lives and building the foundations of reality. So in being a builder, you're reflecting God's nature. For me, um, I, you know, I would be called these days, um, we used to say artists, now everyone's a creative. So mm. that's what I go by. I am a creative. Um, not as creative as Zach Peck. Shout out to Zach Peck. Love Zach Peck. Love Zach Peck. Um, look up Zach Peck. He's the best. Anyway. At Zach Peck Creative. At Zach, Zach Peck Creative. Anyway, but for me... I used to struggle with my creativity because I, I thought of life in a very kind of like, you know, capitalistic paradigm of like, you know, if you want to really be successful, go out and get a real job and, you know, be good with numbers and be smart in business. And I've always been kind of an artist. Um, and you know, I like to create things, you know, podcasts and plays and videos and sermons. And, and now I'm actually proud of that creativity. Not that it's better than any other job, but I can just recognize God is a creator literally the Bible begins with artistic creation by God. Um, so I just try to encourage anyone, whether you're a barista, whether you're a plumber, whatever you are, you can find a way to reflect God's nature through your work. And if you can carry that in your heart while you're unclogging toilets or whatever, um, you can have joy, you know, knowing that what you're doing is for the Lord and not for men. So this would be my kind of final encouragement on this, although I'm happy to hear anything else that you would want to throw in here. Um, breaking down this sacred secular divide to me becomes really meaningful when it comes to instructing people to adult with all their heart. Because so often when we bring up the idea of adulting is hard, what we're really trying to do is excuse ourselves from growing responsibility in life. <laughs> That's a good point. And I think that it's important to remember because the roles that you are inhabiting right now are ways in which you can reflect the character of God to the specific people around you. Don't give yourself any excuses when it comes to adulting. You're going to make mistakes. <laughs> you have a lot to learn. All of us do. Nobody is the perfect adult by 21. That just doesn't happen. But don't let yourself get to the place where you're excusing laziness mm. just because adulting can be difficult. It can be tough right. to have to think through where the income is going to come from, what you can do when trials come your way, generally trying to get your life to a place where you can see how four years from now it might be better or different than it is right now. All of that is difficult. Budgeting is hard. I get all of those different <laughs> I hate things. budgeting so much. I do too. But it's so valuable to learn how to do it because I think all of the adulting skills only serve to make you better at reaching more people. Yeah, totally. This is what I would end with. Um, I, think, I think sometimes we have the tendency of... Uh, you know, we get an answer that or a question that's kind of straightforward. And then we go in all these complicated directions, which is part of the reason why we do this show, because we love to get into the nuance and stuff. But I'm just going to go back and read the question again, and I'll just answer it very practically. The question was, how do you guys personally balance following Jesus wholeheartedly with the pressures of life, providing income, dealing with unexpected trials and generally surviving? Um, the simple answer is um, a verse that Brian, you you brought up in our show notes that I'm reading right now, which is Matthew 6, 33 through 34. 
Seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Um, remember, if you've listened to our righteousness mini-series, what does it mean to live righteously? Does it mean to be perfect and do all the right things? It, no, it means to live in a right relationship with God. And so for me and Brian both, I can I feel like I can speak for you too in this. Um, life is hard. Life has a ton of ups and downs. There are a ton of challenges. There's been times even in the last, um, you know, six months of doing ministry where I was looking at my bank account going, we are not going to survive. How is life going to even happen? <laughs> and um, in my experience, focusing on Jesus, focusing on, am I obeying Jesus? Am I loving Jesus? Am I following Jesus? Am I doing what Jesus is calling me to do? Seeking the kingdom of God in that way and just trying to have a great relationship with God, um, it's never steered me wrong. So that is how I, how I balance it. Um, I try to keep my eyes on Jesus and I try to just do the things that he's put in front of me. Um, I don't worry too much about the future. That's actually verse 34. Don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. I don't have a five-year plan. I don't have a two-year plan. I don't even have a next month plan. Um, I do plan out my weeks, so I do know what's happening next week. But <laughs> beyond that, uh, yeah, I just, I try my best to just keep Jesus in the center of my life. And through that, everything else flows. And that doesn't make adulting less hard, but I can say that if I was trying to adult on my own, I'd probably be a mess. <laughs> Adulting through this power of the spirit and, and just trying to serve and love Jesus is really how, um, it's the only way I can think of to live my life. Cause there's been seasons where I've tried to live life in my own strength and wisdom and it's never worked out good. It's always been a disaster. And that's all I got to say on that. <laughs> Hey, thanks once again for listening to another episode of the Good Lion Podcast. We hope this episode encouraged you. We hope it enriched you. We hope it made you think. The Good Lion Podcast is a production of Calvary Global Network or CGN. Our heart is to produce Christ-centered content that helps the body of Christ everywhere follow Jesus more deeply. If you like what you heard, leave us a review on iTunes. It seriously helps so much. And yeah, we'll catch you next time.